You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody, it's Erin Carey, and welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. Today, I am sitting here with Dr. Yug Varma. He has 10 years of microbiome research experience, including an extensive background in bioorganic chemistry, microbiology, and synthetic biology. Dr. Varma received his scientific training at several distinguished academic institutions, including Johns Hopkins University and University of California, San Francisco. His scientific work has been published in many prestigious journals, including nature. Dr. Varma's mission is to change the way we treat chronic bacterial diseases and is working tirelessly to achieve this goal with a microbiome-based technology platform, which is so fascinating. He is passionate about promoting scientific literacy and devotes a significant amount of time demystifying microbiome research and making the latest research accessible to the general public. So Dr. Varma, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Erin. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I, I love talking about all the microbiome things because it is relatively new where we've known about things like the gut microbiome, and now you are doing a lot with the skin microbiome. So can you just give a little background for listeners who have heard microbiome being thrown out many times, but what, what does microbiome mean? That's a great question. It's a, it's a great place to start. And, and I will say, you know, you pointed out that this field of research is, is pretty young. Um, the entire field of the microbiome sort of community is, is less than 20 years old at this point, which is, you know, extremely young. Yeah. Um, and, and up until this point, we just never really appreciated the, the diversity or the importance of these bacteria and these microorganisms that live with us. But, um, you know, we used to think all bacteria are bad, you know, bacteria equals disease and um, uh, dirt, you know, and, and you should just be scrubbing and cleaning and washing away all of that. Uh, that has changed and almost done a complete 360 where we now are realizing how important bacteria are to our uh, immune development, our general development, our health, right, that they protect us. Um, and so coming to that question of what they are, right, what is the microbiome? most people don't understand or appreciate that they have a rainforest on their skin. <laughs> There's a rainforest worth of diversity on your skin. And this rainforest is invisible because the trees that make up this rainforest are bacteria, viruses, and fungi. Uh, this is a community of microorganisms that collectively is called the microbiome. Now, the microbiome is this invisible layer that now we know protects us. It keeps us from becoming sick and it keeps us healthy every single day. And just as a very quick kind of intuitive example, you know, our skin is our largest organ by area as well as by weight. Um, we touch things all around our environment, right? Um, we're touching dirt, we're touching our shoes, we're touching all sorts of objects, there's bacteria on pretty much everything. Um, and it's sort of a minor miracle that all this stuff isn't just blooming on our skin. And, a large, and in large part, that is because of the microbiome that protects us and prevents these you know, foreign organisms from taking bloom. Now, um, when you're you know, healthy, I'm healthy, we're healthy in different ways, but we have a commonality which is that when we're healthy, our microbiomes are balanced. 
there's a sense of balance and of resilience and of sort of constancy. Um, when we get a chronic bacterial disease, such as acne or eczema, or there are many others, a bad bacteria comes in, overgrows, and disrupts this balance. So now your microbiome is out of balance and your, your skin and your body responds to that imbalance causing disease. Um, and so most of this is inflammation, right? So um, if there's an overgrowth of C acnes, uh, your body responds with inflammation and we call that acne. If you um, have an imbalance caused by Staph aureus, your body responds with inflammation again, and that is known as eczema. Um, and so the routes, you know, the origins are the same, the routes that, that your body responds are the same. And in order to get back to health, we need to redress this balance, make our microbiome more balanced, um, and find a way to preserve that balance. Um, and that is what a lot of products that we use to treat these, these diseases do in a flawed way. Um, and our approach, our science has really been to figure out, is there a better way? Can we get to the root cause without causing, you know, unnecessary damage? And, you know, what are the, the kind of benefits of keeping the microbiome balanced over a long period of time? Yeah, I like that you keep emphasizing the word balance, because I think that's so important in this uh, world that we are living in where chronic disease is rampant. So much of it, it has to do with a body that's out of balance. And so I, you broke that down so well. Now, can, you know, I've heard it said that we are more um, bacterial than human. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, depending on what, what count you're keeping, uh, we can say that we're about 10% human or even 1% human, um, because based on the genetic diversity that exists in our human body, 99% of that genetic diversity comes from bacteria, uh, and only 1% is the human genome itself. And, and so these are staggering numbers, and it turns out... Um, one of my advisors once said, we're basically a donut. Uh, topologically, we're just a donut that bacteria live on. <laughs> and we just can't, we just serve to feed them and carry them around from place to place. Yeah, it's like, um, who's hosting and, and, You know, who? that's obviously, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a reductionist view, but it's, it's not untrue. That is so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's helpful for people to understand because usually when we think of bacteria, like you said in the beginning, we think of it as, oh, it's bad. Got to kill it. Got to get, you know, get rid of it. But if, if we got rid of all bacteria, we wouldn't, we wouldn't survive. Right. A hundred percent. I mean, in bacteria in general kind of run the earth. There are many, many um, you know, biological cycles that happen that recycle matter and break down things and make it available for things to grow. If bacteria did not exist, all that would stop. And more specifically for us, um, you know, there's just been such an abundance of knowledge and insights. And by the way, we're just scratching the surface, but already we know so much in so many ways about how bacteria affect us. Everything from you know, neurological conditions, to metabolic conditions, mm. to general dysbiosis, to infectious disease, you know, all of these things. I mean, recently there's this interesting article that said that depending on how people dealt with COVID symptoms um, could in some part be traced to the gut. And you could actually mm -hmm. predict if you have a certain kind of makeup of your gut microbiome, how you're going to fare with um, uh, COVID kind of symptoms uh, almost irrespective of uh, the kind of comorbidities that you have. And that in, in itself is kind of amazing. 
Oh, absolutely. I I have seen that too. And I'm always so fascinated about all this new research that's popping up. And especially when we're talking about the microbiome, because I mean, you know, I do believe that we are starting to see that with chronic disease, we need new tools. We need new tools. The old tools that we thought were working maybe aren't working as well. And you know, this is actually a really good place to thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Indeed. You deserve a fresh start in all parts of your life, even at work. Take your team to the next level with a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. That's Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. One of the things I love about Indeed that makes hiring all in one place so easy is that Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent. According to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide. And Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Join more than three million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash spark. Offer valid through April 30th. Go to indeed.com slash spark to claim your $75 credit before April 30th. Indeed.com slash spark. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, Dr. Varma, I really, I've been wondering about this, you know, as we're talking about skin microbiome, gut microbiome, I want to know how are they different, you know, because as someone who has always struggled with my own skin issues that I do believe are related to my gut microbiome, how do we distinguish the two of them? Um, So there's obviously certain peculiarities between the gut and the skin, right? The gut is internal, it sees, you know, food come through the chute. Um, There are certain qualities in the food, such as fiber um, and, and, you know, nutrients that um, kind of define a healthy diet and therefore a healthy microbiome. Um, And so there are minor differences, but I'll start with the commonalities, right? If you think of microbial ecology as, as general ecology, you know, when we say forest, um, it could mean many things. Um, it could mean a rainforest. It could mean a grassland. It could even mean a desert where you have a certain ecology set up and there are plants, animals that are perfectly suited for that ecology. And so, for example, you would never take a cactus planted in a rainforest and expect it to flourish, just as you wouldn't expect you know, a tree from the rainforest to be planted in a desert and expect it to grow. Right. And so as a scientist studying the microbiome, this becomes very kind of um, kind of communicate that whether it's translating science into products, whether it's communicating with the public about, you know, um, for example, yogurt bacteria are great for the gut, 
they don't really do anything for the skin. Mm. And, um, you know, there, there are certain probiotic skincare products out there with, with yogurt bacteria, which um, at the very least, the benefit has not been proven, right? And so um, just kind of communicating that and educating people about it is, is interesting because um, there are many similarities between the gut microbiome and the skin microbiome, the concepts of balance and imbalance hold, right? Concept of, of proper nutrition, so feeding um, or, or encouraging a nourishing a healthy skin microbiome is in many ways the same as the gut microbiome. Doesn't mean you should be rubbing food on your skin because that's <laughs> not food for your skin microbiome, right? Um, but those concepts of, of having a balanced microbiome and that translating to health are very much the same. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned yogurt because I have known people to put together their own, you know, like do-it-yourself skin cream or mask or whatever with yogurt. And so I think that that's an important distinction to make. And while we are on the topic of food, I want to take a second and thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Good Chop. Good Chop is America's online butcher. With Good Chop, you get a flexible monthly subscription plan for high quality American meat and seafood. You can choose the medium or large plan and enjoy your favorite cuts of beef, chicken, pork, and seafood. It's delivered flash frozen for freshness and sealed with dry ice inside an insulated box. My family is loving Good Chop and I... I'm kind of, I guess, a little bit snobby when it comes to good cuts of meat, and I can tell a difference in the way that the color is so rich and deep. It tastes so much better. I feel better after I eat it, and I will also say that my husband is a huge fan of the ribeye and has told many of his friends about it because he loves it that much. He's kind of going through a carnivore phase right now, so Good Chop is completely fitting the bill for what he is wanting to achieve with his health. Good Chop offers convenient, contact-free delivery right to your doorstep. You can order fully customizable boxes. You can choose beef, chicken, seafood, pork products you like the most, or for like for beef, you can choose well-marbled Angus Choice and Prime Cuts, or you can get delicious 100% grass-fed steaks, whatever it is that you prefer. For seafood, they offer sustainable and wild caught, whether you want salmon, Pacific cod, or something else. There truly is something for everyone. Like I mentioned, those mouth-watering ribeyes, flavorful T-bones, wild caught salmon, tender chicken breasts, and more. I also love that all products are sourced from the USA. Unlike many other companies, Good Chop sources its meat and seafood exclusively from American farms and fisheries that set the bar high for animal welfare and sustainable practices. Cattle are born, raised, and harvested in the USA. By choosing Good Chop, you support local family farms and independent ranchers right here in the U.S. Go to goodchop.com spark100 and use code spark100 to get $100 off your first three boxes. That's goodchop.com spark100. Use the code spark100 to get $100 off your first three boxes. Good Chop, America's online butcher. Now, Dr. Varma, you were just explaining that there are different probiotic strains that affect the skin microbiome differently than the gut microbiome. Absolutely. So let's talk about acne then. What is a helpful treatment for someone who is dealing with acne? Right. So acne fundamentally is uh, an imbalance of the skin microbiome, and it's particularly caused by this one bacterium called C. acnes or cutibacterium acnes. Now, C. acnes does not really... 
um, occur on our skin when we're kids. And that's why you don't see kids having acne, right? Around puberty, uh, the hormonal changes in your body uh, start changing the skin physiology in a pretty meaningful way. So your pores get deeper. Um, you start to produce much more oil through the sebaceous glands on your face. Um, and there are part particular changes to oil. Um, the sea acne starts to take hold. And by puberty and, and into adulthood, sea acne becomes by far the most dominant bacteria on your face. Now, you have sea acne, I have sea acne, every adult on earth has sea acne on their skin. But obviously, we all don't um, suffer from acne, right? And it is only when these sea acne grow out of proportion, cause an imbalance, that you actually get that acne response. So, the question is not that we need to eradicate sea acne from our skin because it is a useful um, bacteria that should be there, but it is how to achieve that balance to where your skin is not reacting to some alarm. Um, now, obviously, acne is a very complica complicated disease, right? It's affected by diet, stress, hormones, genetics, and these all play secondary roles because they affect how much uh, uh, and what type of oil your face is producing. So for example, whatever, if, if you have a food trigger for your acne, right? Um, some people it's spicy food, some people it's oily food, some people it's uh, chocolate, right? Uh, whenever you eat that, your body in a unique way may respond to those foods by producing more oil. Now that oil is food for the bacteria and the overgrowth of the bacteria causes the disease, right? And indirectly, it's the oil production that triggers the acne. But a lot of people think that, oh, drying out my skin is the solution. Because then what happens is you're depriving the bacteria of the food and it's not overgrowing. I mean, yes, that's, that's you know, one way to do it. But it's not that direct because drying out your skin has many other unintended consequences. For example, there's a reason your body produces this oil. It helps to keep your skin supple. It shields your skin cells from damage, keeps them hydrated. And by drying out your skin, you're causing fine lines, wrinkles, premature aging. You know, you're depleting this one kind of defensive mechanism your skin has. And so over time, you may be getting rid of your acne somehow, but it's actually going to cause damage to your skin that you're going to see down the line. Um, and it's the same kind of case with a lot of harsh acne products. Um, it's, it's kind of like going into surgery and being given a hammer when what you really need is a scalpel hmm. because these products are indiscriminate killers. You're talking about antibiotics, benzoyl peroxide, retinoids. They kill the bad bacteria, but they're also killing the good bacteria. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, they're turning this rainforest that you have and you need into a desert. Right. So not only are they bringing redness, dryness, irritation, all of these harsh side effects that, that you don't need and you didn't sign up for, mm -hmm. but they are basically depleting this layer, this microbiome, this protective layer that you have. And over time, people with acne see that, oh, um, I tried this product. It worked great for a couple of months, but now it stopped working. And now I'm back to square one. Well, that's because you may have depleted your microbiome layers, right? 
And because you don't have that protective layer, you're, you're actually more susceptible to the bad bacteria growing back time and time again. Mm. And after a while, the product just stops working because you've actually damaged the microbiome. So, you know, that's what the options are for people right now. And we have worked really hard to really study the skin microbiome and come up with what we think is a far better solution, a solution that only addresses the root cause, which is bacterial overgrowth of the disease. And by doing that, by, by kind of changing that in a subtle way, we're able to see huge effects, huge changes in people's um, kind of breakouts, blemishes, and so on without um, the, the side effects or the collateral damage. Yeah. Yeah. That is huge. I know a lot of people when they have acne, they're just prescribed a whole bunch of antibiotics as well. And that is wiping out all the good gut bacteria. You know, we know that that has long-term consequences and can cause issues for people. Um, so that's interesting. Okay. So tell me, so what, what is your solution then? Um, and how is it different from all of these things that we know of that we've been told for years and years, um, since, (laughs) you know, teenage years that, oh yeah, yeah. Just dry your skin out. Like you said, put on this, put on the salicylic acid or whatever it is. Um, what, how is your solution different? Yeah. So we started from the basics, right? We looked at, um, acne microbiome, the microbiomes of people with acne and the microbiomes of people who are healthy. And one thing we found was that there's this one organism that kept recurring, kept jumping out of the samples far more in healthy people than in acne people. Hmm. And this has been kind of published before. It is known that the biggest difference between the microbiome of people with acne and people with healthy skin is this one uh, organism called a phage. Now, phages in general are microscopic little viruses that are pretty harmless. They're all around, you know, um, in all the biomes of Earth. They're in the seawater, they're in soil. Uh, Billions of phages pass through our own body every day. Um, And so they're pretty benign. They don't really interact with human cells. But what they are is very efficient and very specific killers of bacteria. They feed on bacteria. That's their food. Now, a phage for C. acnes, for example, will, will be very specific and not kill any other bacteria except that target bacteria. That's just their biology. The biggest difference between someone who has acne and someone who has healthy skin in terms of their microbiome is that the person with healthy skin is far more likely to carry these phages that kill the, the acne-causing bacteria. And you just don't see this. It's highly depleted or it's very rare to see this in people with with, uh, acne. And so the hypothesis now, scientific hypothesis is that, you know, we all have those annoying friends who have perfect skin, who just wake (laughs) up with dewy, (laughs) you know, unblemished skin. And we're like, how are they doing it? It's just, they, they seem to do nothing, right? Chances are they're carrying this phage that kills the bad bacteria causing acne, suppresses its growth, and keeps your microbiome in balance naturally. So we decided to democratize this organism, this amazing organism that that keeps your microbiome in balance naturally. And we put it in a bottle. I mean, obviously, it's not as easy as that. It took many years of research, formulation, testing, and so on. But at the end of the day, 
we wanted to have everyone be, take advantage of this amazing organism and to balance their microbiome in a way that didn't give them side effects because you may not be born with it, right? But we think you should have the benefit of this so that you can get clear skin, not just for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, but really for life. That, okay, that is so interesting. And what it made me think of, because I have, I have a teen daughter and she has never had skin issues the way I did as a teenager. And it blows my mind because I'm like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy for her because <laughs> I wouldn't want her to have that breakouts, <laughs> right? But I'm like, what in the world? This child has had to grow up, go, go through puberty without, maybe she's had one zit in her life. I don't know, but it's crazy. So could it be that that phage that you're talking about that's that's making the difference? She could maybe have more of that than I did? Absolutely. And I think there may be, um, and, and so there are all, there, there's some fine points to this, right? Where um, we also know that on healthy skin, the phage sticks around and naturally occurs a lot more than on acne skin. Um, and so for whatever reason that we don't fully understand, if you put the phage on acne skin and, and the phage on healthy skin, the phage is more likely to hang around naturally and become part of the natural microbiome with healthy skin. Uh, and so that that might just be, you know, one of the factors, but you're absolutely right. You know, we see this all the time where people within the same family living in the same house with the same, you know, rituals and regimens and so on uh, using the same products have wildly different kind of outcomes. Right. Some people, you know, even within siblings or sometimes even with twins, you have, oh, this kid has like a lot of acne and this kid just like walks around with clear skin. They're both not washing their face, you know. <laughs> um, and so it's fascinating for me to study, but I would wager that's what's happening with your daughter. Um, mm. So it's really interesting. Yeah. And I, and I love that. I think that's so important to mention too, just the, the diversity, even in the same family. And I, I think it was about a year ago, I did an interview with some, with identical twins who they were identical in every way, but they had their gut bacteria tested and their gut bacteria was vastly different. And so I think it's important that just because you're in the same family, same genes, that bacteria, <laughs> it, it's, it can change, you know? And I think um, that's important for people to understand because it's like, well, how come my sister's skin is better than mine or what, you know, we, all the comparison game within families um, and acne yeah. is a, is, is a big, it, it can cause a lot of insecurity in people, you know, um, and especially adult acne. Right. So mm -hmm. the, the research that you've done, is this age specific or does the, is this across and, and does it change as we age? I'd love to know that too, because I know the hormones are changing as we age. Yeah. So, um, the research that we've done actually encompasses all of acne vulgaris. So whether you have mild acne, moderate acne, cystic acne, whether you have hormonal acne, um, it's all kind of the same thing, right? Um, obviously, fungal acne is not really acne, and it's very, very, very rare. It's a kind of uh, folliculitis, so it's a completely mm -hmm. different condition. Um, it's it's kind of called fungal acne because it's catchy, but... Mm -hmm. um, Acne vulgaris, you know, the, the wide variety of acne that people experience um, is all kind of the same problem, the microbiome imbalance. Um, as, as it sort of pertains to age, we do know, right, uh, obviously that acne is most chronically a teenager's disease, and then it kind of peters out over time. And there's been research done on that as well. And again, you find that people who are healthy with healthy skin who are older have an even higher 
a percentage of phage on their skin mm. than, you know, uh, younger people with healthy skin. And the thought is that as you get older, um, you know, you're, you're in more relationships. Uh, you've, you've kind of encountered more people. Um, there's more skin on skin contact. And, and by these chance encounters, you may have picked up a phage, right? The right phage, and it lives on your skin. It engrafts stably and becomes a part of your microbiome. And that could be why there's a higher, you know, degree of, uh, phage stability in, in those people. But, it also helps to explain because we don't really understand why your acne just goes away with time, right? It's an observation. Everyone sees it. Everyone knows it, but we've never been able to explain it. And the occurrence of phages on skin kind of helps to, to explain that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That is super interesting. Okay. I would love to hear a breakdown on pre post or pre pro postbiotics. Um, some people might be familiar with just probiotics, but we've got pre, we've got post. So can you give a breakdown on that and why, why that matters to understand that? Yeah, absolutely. And for that, I'll go, I'll dive back into the gut microbiome because obviously, you know, we, we all take probiotics for our gut health. Uh, we understand that well, uh, and whether it's in the form of probiotic supplements or um, fermented foods, we all understand, you know, what's happening, that there are good bacteria that make our gut happy, right? Um, and so the, the, the fundamental question is, why do we take probiotics? What are they doing in our gut that makes our gut happy, right? What happens is you eat probiotics, they sort of become a part of your gut microbiome system. And then when you eat food, some of that food becomes food for the bacteria, and the bacteria eat that and produce these, what I call happy molecules. These are molecules that when spread around your gut, your gut, back, your gut cells become really happy and your, you know, your body, your organs, your systems become happy upon receiving those molecules, right? So those happy molecules are called what we call postbiotics. They are the things that the probiotics produce that make your body happy. Um, and so the, the, the entire goal is to have a constant supply of postbiotics being fed to your system so that your, your, you know, your body's happy. Now, probiotics are like this natural factory. They're the cellular factory that are always producing small amounts of the right types of postbiotics and, and infusing your gut with it so that your gut stays happy. And so that's kind of the natural way to do it. You eat the probiotics, you nourish them by eating the right foods, you know, high in fiber, a balanced diet, so on and so forth, not too much processed food, so that the, the probiotics now get the right nutrients, so then they break down and make these happy molecules, right? Now, one way to do this, obviously, is to eat the probiotics itself. But if you have the probiotic in your system, but it's not the optimal amount, it's maybe too little, right? One thing you can do to encourage the growth of more of that probiotic is to take what's called a prebiotic, which is basically the foods that encourage the growth of the probiotic, the, the food that you kind of knows, know that that probiotic will like, that will encourage its growth. And so that's what prebiotics are. There are certain foods, usually high in fiber and sugars, that um, your, those particular probiotics can use and, and can use more than other bacteria in your gut so that they can then bloom or you know, expand in population. Uh, 
So we've covered prebiotics, which are foods that encourage the growth of probiotics. We've encouraged, we've covered probiotics as well, that there are these cellular factories that need to stay in your gut and produce the happy molecules. And then we've talked about postbiotics that are the happy molecules, right? Now, just a word of caution with postbiotics. A lot of people think, well, why not just do an end run around post uh, around the probiotic because ultimately you just want that happy molecule and feed it to your gut right there's a few things there the first is that maybe you're taking postbiotic pills once or twice a day uh, whereas your body is more used to it being kind of slowly fed into the system over time right so there's that it's called the bioavailability problem it's it's pretty easy to understand um, the other important point to note is that we don't fully know what are all the postbiotics are that keep your gut happy. We know some of the you know big ones like so short chain fatty acids, butyrate, propionate, etc., mm -hmm. succinate. Um, but there are many, many other you know small molecules that bacteria produce that we're just starting to scratch the surface and study that we you know never knew existed, and we're like, oh, maybe we should add this to the mix. Um, and then finally, you know, it's, it's all about the dose, um, because if you eat probiotics and you have a healthy balanced diet, then the bacteria, you know, you co-evolved with these bacteria. So they're producing the exact right thing in the exact right amount at the exact right time. And it's really, really hard to mimic that with just a pill. And so that's why, you know, if you're looking at pre pro and postbiotics, it's best to take probiotics and obviously supplemented with a balanced diet. Um, but, you know, even over pills, um, I would say the best source of probiotics are usually fermented foods. Mm -hmm. So your yogurt, your kimchi, your kefir, you know, whatever your point, your sauerkraut, whichever one you like, whichever one you prefer, if you were to incorporate that into your daily diet, that's probably where you'll get the maximum benefit. Yeah, that's great. I actually have a batch of kombucha brewing right now in my pantry. It's my first batch ever. <laughs> it feels like a really weird science experiment, but um, it's <laughs> kind of fun. Hopefully so, yeah. it's a tasty one. Oh, I hope so. We'll see. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm just going to give myself some grace if it's not, but um, yeah, no, I love that explanation. I think that you broke that down in a great way that, that we can all understand because we are hearing all of those phrases being thrown out right now. Like you said, we have barely scratched the surface with microbiome research, but everybody's hearing about it. Right. So tell me how, how can we improve our skin microbiome through products and approaches that are targeted to, is it, is it probiotics? Is it prebiotics? What do you do with your skin when it comes to this? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's difficult because there's a lack of true probiotics for the skin. Um, and, and to be honest, the skin is kind of like more of a desert environment, uh, in the sense that it's, it's very dry. Uh, it, it's quite acidic. The, the skin mantle is, is dry and acidic. And it's naturally inhospitable to most bacteria, which is great because you're always touching things. You're always in contact with bacteria and you don't want this stuff to, you know, fall in, into like a fertile patch and grow easily. So the skin has some natural defenses and those defenses are boosted by your microbiome. Um, one almost mind boggling fact is um, that the average woman puts on more than 500 ingredients on her skin every day. 
Now, I'm going to wager a guess that maybe we don't need every one of those 500 ingredients on our skin every single day. And if you just think about the burden that's creating on your skin, your skin that, that needs to kind of breathe and, and you know, be, be free is being layer by layer suffocated or choked by all of these ingredients, a lot of which, which you know, just don't need to be used in the first place. So at Phyla, our ethos is to be minimalist, to have the minimal number of ingredients in a, a, a formula, to have the minimal number of products, right? We're not interested in selling you a face cream and a night cream and a neck cream and an eyebrow cream. <laughs> um, because ultimately for us, it's all about functionality and it's all about supporting your microbiome, which really is the star. And getting in the way of that, we know is, is not a great proposition. So I think to, in terms of your general skin health, I would say, you know, take a look at your skincare regimen, whether it's, you know, a lot of people um, have, have found benefits in even reducing the, um, the washing their skin too much, mm -hmm. right? Not using harsh soaps, using milder soaps, mm -hmm. or um, just kind of washing like your, like your uh, armpits and private areas where, where you really have body odor and kind of the rest of the body, you don't do that. Um, and again, to each person their own, right? Because the body is a homeostatic system and everyone's body is, is different, but it, it's worth kind of invest, just rethinking that and saying, do I absolutely need this product? Do I absolutely need to put on, you know, the 15 step routine? Um, and then it's all about balance, right? Uh, obviously, you know, stay hydrated, drink water, uh, your diet will have an effect on your health, just as we discussed, right? So, so for some people, stress is a trigger for acne, for some people, diet is a trigger for acne. And if diet is your trigger, then um, you know that your body may respond with excess oil production to certain foods, right? And they may be different. So for me, it may be spicy food, for you, it may be chocolate, and uh, we'll all have to, you know, identify and, and just control those triggers. So it, it's just small things like that, that help sort of balance your skin microbiome, uh, give it the, the kind of resources that it needs without overcrowding or choking it with excess ingredients. That's awesome. Okay. So tell us a little bit about Phyla and how it's different. And cause you kind of hinted at lesser ingredients, not a whole lot of products. Is this for all skin types? Is this just for acne prone? Is there something else for, you know, say somebody with rosacea or um, aging skin or whatever? Um, I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit about that before we run out of time. Absolutely. So the Philo system is an acne system. Um, and it, it, you know, it's, it's meant to treat acne. Uh, it's a three component system and it's, it's sort of a minimalist, all uh, encompassing routine uh, that, you know, you can easily incorporate into your day-to-day -day life and um, use for months and months. And, and unlike other harsh acne products, it's actually meant to be used over the long term. So the first product is a gel cleanser. This is a non-foaming cleanser that you can use to kind of gently exfoliate your skin, open up your pores and really prep it for the serum. Um, it, it contains salicylic acid and um, a tea tree oil, which, which just have wonderful properties and are very mild. Um, now, once you've used the cleanser, we go on to our serum, which has our live active phages, which are our proprietary technology. Now the phages 
are going to balance your microbiome and kill the overgrowth of C. acnes on your skin. Uh, and so you apply that once your you know, pores have been opened and are ready to receive the serum, uh, you apply that and, and we recommend applying once or twice a day as, as needed. And finally, we have the moisturizer, which we built because we recognize that some people just, you know, they like that extra moisturization. Although the serum does a good job, it's, it's pretty light and moisturizes well. Uh, some people just have sort of drier skin or more moisturization needs. And so the moisturizer was built to support the phages and make sure that they don't kill the phages. And this is something that we realize is that a lot of ingredients kind of have a big effect on your microbiome. They can cause huge swings in the microbiome. And so we've built all of our foundational kind of ingredients and formulas to be non-comedogenic, non-acne causing, non-pore clogging, um, work well with the microbiome and specifically with our phage technology. Um, and uh, yeah, that just rounds it up. So you clean, uh, you cleanse, you apply the serum, you moisturize, um, and you can do this once a day, twice a day for months and years. Uh, and it helps to balance your skin. Now, obviously this has clear benefits for acne. Uh, what we've seen in our, amongst our customers is that they say just for general maintenance, this is great as well. Uh, and to note that this is specifically built and, and meant for acne. So you're not gonna see the same results for eczema or rosacea, mm -hmm. for example, because they're just caused by different bacteria. Mm -hmm. And the whole point of our technology is to target it to solve one problem really well and not mm -hmm. cause a lot of collateral damage. Yeah. Yeah. Cause acne is a huge problem for a lot of people. And so I think that that's, that's great. That is amazing. Now yeah. it kind of reminds me of, you know, when you mentioned not killing off the bacteria, I am thinking again about my kombucha and how you can't put, you know, the live, whatever that weird alien looking thing is into hot tea, or it's going to kill off the, all the bacteria, right. It's going to completely kill it. So I guess that's kind of the same for our skin, our bacteria mm -hmm. changes. And if we're putting a bunch of toxins, like you were saying onto our skin, like constantly all the time, it can really disrupt that microbial balance. I think that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's all about balance, I think. And it, it's an intuitive concept because, you know, we, we kind of think of that way in gut health as well, of, of mm -hmm. eating a balanced diet, eating fermented foods or taking probiotic supplements in order to balance the bacteria in our skin so or in our gut. And so the skin is, is quite similar in that sense. Yeah, that's, I'm sure there are so many people that are listening that are thinking, wow, I have never thought about it that way before, but it makes sense. And it's important. And like you said, this is a growing, there's so much growing research, more research to be done. That's exciting for this. Um, and I love learning. I, I'm, I'm just sit here, sat here going, okay, these are things that we've never talked about before on my show. And it's just so fun to dive into. So I'm going to ask you the last question that I love to ask my guests. The name of the show is called Sparking Wholeness. So if you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be? Um, so I'm a, a huge fan of stoicism, which is this sort of Greek philosophy. Um, and the central sort of tenet, if you can just boil it down into, you know, a single idea, it's that um, in life, there are things that you can control. And there are things that, that are beyond your control, right? Such as um, making other people feel a certain way. Oh, I wish this person felt, I wish this person was, you know, more thankful towards me or more affectionate towards me and so on. I think 
we spend so much time trying to change things that are beyond our control and neglect or overlook the things that are in our control. And that really, to me, is a chief source of a lot of our pain, suffering, anguish, and, and general kind of when we feel disconnected or, or you know, not aligned. And so it's this very simple principle to spark wholeness, which is that focus on the things that you can control instead of, you know, the things that you can't. Because if you spent all of your efforts and all of your energies on the things that are within your control, um, then, yeah, you're, you're maximizing your outcomes. You're minimizing time wasted on, you know, things that just weren't ever going to work out. And in the end, it just gives you a sense of balance because you're like, okay, I can control this. This is, you know, this, I need to work on this and this is beyond my control. So I have to accept it or I have to kind of move past it because, you know, uh, there's other stuff to be done. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I love that. That's super important for all of us to remember, especially living in the crazy times that we're living in. So thank you for reminding us of that. Now tell me, where can we go to learn more about your work and Phyla and maybe some of the, the science behind it and all of that? Where do we go for that? Absolutely. So we are selling our products online at phylabiotics.com. Um, and so our brand name is PHYLA. We're Phyla, um, and the, the website is phylabiotics.com. Uh, we've got a ton of um, information on there, including our science, including our clinical trial that we did. Um, and we'd love for people who are suffering from acne, especially, and even parents, right? A lot of parents look around for solutions for their kids and are uh, absolutely flabbergasted when they realize that the options that they had as kids hasn't really changed now that they're adults and, and they're looking for options for their mm -hmm. kids. Like mm -hmm. nothing has changed. There hasn't been any innovations or new products. Mm -hmm. And so that's really frustrating from them for them because a lot of parents uh, know what it was like to be on benzoyl peroxide or antibiotics on, or on really harsh retinoids, which has all these side effects. Um, and um, so on our website, you can learn more about, you know, the different technologies that are out there, how our technology is different, and really learn and make sort of an educated um, decision for yourself um, as to, you know, which path you want to go down. So um, that that's kind of where we're headed. Um, we're we're going to be expanding into retail a little more this year. Um, and so I'm excited for that. We're not ready for that just yet. but um, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity right now, just in e-commerce. And so we're happy to mm -hmm. occupy that space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's so fascinating. And it's such a good point about, I mean, everything is the same as it used to be when I'm, I was a teenager over 20 years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it hasn't changed much. It's just gotten repackaged and it looks a little prettier. So um, thank you for that reminder. That's really good. So definitely go check out phylabiotics.com. And thank you so, so much for taking the time to be on the show. This was so fascinating and I appreciate it. Erin, this was a blast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and I hope your uh, listeners had a, a good time uh, learning more about the skin microbiome. The tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze. And I hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness. Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com 
or on Instagram at Sparking Wholeness. Have a fabulous week.